Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. So I have been searching for a clean electrolyte company that I love for a really long time, and I just hadn't found anything that I liked, that I enjoyed the taste of, that I felt good about the ingredients, until I found Element. And I actually got a sample from somebody, and I was instantly hooked. They have really good flavors. They're actually tasty. Like, I enjoy drinking them, whereas other brands that I've tried in the past I really haven't enjoyed. And you can just put them straight into your water, um, and they're so good. So they have salt, magnesium, and potassium potassium in them. And a lot of people don't realize how important electrolytes are for true hydration. A lot of us are chugging water because we're being told that we need more water, but we don't, we're not drinking the electrolytes that we need to actually hydrate our bodies. And so Element is a great choice. They also make seasonal chocolate flavors that are really good as like a hot chocolate. And you can put them in your coffee if you want, or just with hot water and like milk or just plain. I like to drink them plain. I love Element. I have at least one pack a day. Electrolytes are so important, especially for pregnancy and breastfeeding. So if you're lacking your electrolytes, give Element a try. You can use my link, Drink Element. It's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. And you will get a free gift with your purchase, which is a sample pack. So you can try all of the flavors. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, I have Kim Perez joining us. Uh, Kim Perez is a functional nutritionist and the owner of Root and Branch Nutrition, where she supports women through the transition into motherhood and beyond. Her personal journey, especially the challenges she faced postpartum and the healing she embarked on once she became a mom, lit a fire in her to more deeply help others through this often difficult, unsupported, and misunderstood season. Kim uses a holistic and root cause yet balanced approach that honors metabolic function, mineral balance, and nervous system health to help women heal depletion, restore their energy, and build resilience to stress. She is passionate about proving that women can feel really good in their bodies after becoming moms, despite what society may say, and is on a mission to make nourished motherhood the norm. So we are talking today about postpartum nutrition and postpartum depletion and how the way we nourish our bodies really does impact so many areas of our health. I do have to apologize in advance. The day that I record this ep- recorded this episode, my internet, they were doing work on the internet in my area. And so it was kind of going in and out. I was trying to use the hotspot on my phone. It was just kind of a mess. And so there are some glitchy areas, um, but I think for the most part, you will be able to hear and understand us um, aside from maybe just a few glitchy areas. So I do apologize that the quality of this audio is not the best, but without further ado, let's get to this great conversation with Kim. 
Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me today. Would you please just introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do for those that don't know you? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for having me. My name is Kim Perez and I own Root and Branch Nutrition and I'm a functional nutritionist who works with moms specifically to help them regain their energy and basically just be able to like fully enjoy motherhood and feel good in their bodies. I love that so much. That's such an important thing that I think a lot of us don't realize it until we have babies and we go through it and we like see how how our health is so impacted by what we eat, especially after having a baby and being postpartum. Um, can you talk a little bit about postpartum depletion and what it is? Absolutely. So there are different areas that somebody can be affected by in terms of depletion. So I'll start by saying that. I think the first thing that we obviously think of is sleep. So in terms of like how your body's going to be depleted of its basic resources, right? Like I don't think a lot of us think about sleep before we become parents because, you know, it's just up to us to get the sleep that we need, right? And we don't have all of these different factors that are decreasing our sleep. So there's that and how that kind of like baseline can impact us from the perspective of not getting what we need to like re-energize and just deeply rest every day. So that's kind of like a low lying factor, but then there's like a nutrient puzzle piece that often isn't talked about and maybe is talked about a little bit more, but in just in terms of how much it takes from our bodies to grow a human from scratch. And then if you breastfeed to, you know, provide that nourishment for that baby forever, you know, however long you choose to do that. So there's definitely often a nutrient depletion that can impact you on basically every level. I mean, from that basic metabolic level of how that can impact how your body energizes itself, but how that can downstream impact your brain function and your nervous system and your hormones and your gut and your hair and skin health. I mean, really everything. So really that depletion of nutrients can impact you across the board as well. Um, and then I feel like there's also a lot of emotional and mental aspects of this depletion too. And just the, you know, sheer change that women go through when they become moms and how so much of your life changes. And, you know, maybe looking at it in a different light could be more productive, but you are depleted of many things that you're used to in terms of like how you care for yourself and, you know, your identity and, and how you care for your body. And so those are things that I think need to be discussed in the context of this conversation too. Absolutely. I agree with so much of that. Oh, I agree with everything you said. Um, and this is something that I talk a lot about working with moms and sleep without sleep training, because I get so frustrated when, you know, moms come to me and tell me their experience of they're anxious, they're depressed, they have no energy, they can't sleep. Like it's not that their baby necessarily is not sleeping at all. Their baby is maybe waking every three hours at night or something, but they can't go back to sleep. And so I always ask, well, you know, I always dig like, well, what's going on here? Is it that your baby is really waking every 30 minutes or is it that you can't fall back asleep after your baby wakes up. And that is a red flag. Like that's a red flag to me that there's something going on that's causing that. Um, so between the sleep and the, the mental health issues, and then women go to the doctor or their, you know, psychologist or whoever they're going to, and they're just told to sleep train. I'm like, okay, can we address nutrition? Can yeah. we address all of the other things? Can we address birth trauma? Can we address pelvic floor health? Like so many things impact 
how a mother is able to sleep. It's not just about whether her baby's waking. Of course, that is a massive part of it, but it's not all of it. Um, And there are so many things that moms can do to improve their energy levels and optimize how they are able to sleep when they have the opportunity to sleep um, and help their mental health that don't just involve sleep training. Can can you talk a little bit more about um, why so many, like, well, first of all, do you have an idea of like, do all women have postpartum depletion pretty much after they have a baby? Or like, do you know a percentage? I don't know if that even exists, but like, what would your guess be? I mean, it's so common. I wish, I wish somebody did more research on that. I think that it's just like, right. A, it's not a diagnosis. It's kind of like it exists on a a spectrum. So, you know, in this year, in this modern world, with everything that we have going on, I feel like it's inevitable to experience some degree of it, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think also something that I preach often is that postpartum is such an opportunity. And I think that with this, it's an opportunity to like, you know, you're kind of like broken down in a way and you have to relearn how to take care of yourself and relearn what your needs are and how to rest and slow down and how to nourish yourself. And so I don't necessarily think it's a, you know, negative thing. It's a signal. Yeah. It's a signal. It's all communication from your body and communication like that something needs to change in your life, how you're caring for yourself whatever the case is. Um, but I absolutely feel that there are many women who experience like a more intense degree of it based on certain factors. Yeah. Why do you think it's so common for women to, to go into postpartum depleted? I think like, has this always been a thing? I don't think so. I mean, no, because when you look at like the ancestral wisdom of our, you know, of populations, like women were fed very differently and, you know, lifestyles and stress levels, like all of that has to come into play. And what I see very commonly today is like women are going into postpartum depleted because they're going into pregnancy depleted. Like they're overworked, they're, you know, under eating, chronically dieting, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, they're doing, you know, five, six times a week of intense exercise. They might be skipping on sleep to do any of those other things or other. Um, and so I think that a lot of women aren't, and it's not our fault. Like we're not taught fully how to like intentionally prepare for pregnancy. Right. And so like a common trajectory is that they're, you know, depleted, maybe they were on birth control leading up to pregnancy. And then their doctor told them like, Oh, just go off it and start trying and take a prenatal. And so they do that. They get pregnant hopefully, you know, soon after that. Um, and then they're in pregnancy now and they feel terrible and they have these food aversions and they're nauseous and they can't eat. And so they're like relying on their prenatal to help them, you know, meet any needs that they have. And then they get to postpartum and other bodies are just like exhausted. And so you kind of like have to really dig yourself out of that place, but there's years and years potentially of things that impacted you before that. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, can you back up? You, you mentioned birth control and I think some women may not know the connection between like the birth control connection and postpartum depletion. Can you just touch on that for like a minute? Yes. So hormonal birth control in particular, um, it is a prescription medication and the way that it impacts your body, it a shuts off your body's natural hormone production. Um, and B it, can deplete many important nutrients like zinc and B vitamins. Um, It can also throw off your copper levels. So 
I talk a lot about mineral balance in the body, not just like whether your minerals are are good or depleted. And something I often see with clients is, is copper imbalance. So that can be caused by hormonal birth control due to excess estrogen, but can also be caused by non-hormonal birth control, like a copper IUD. So so that overall mineral balance and nutrient balance in your body can be impacted. Um, it can also impact your gut health, which then impacts how you're absorbing the nutrients that you're getting, um, impacting your liver and therefore detoxification. So those bigger impacts of birth control are often not really discussed in terms of how they impact the body. Right. What, um, what nutrients are commonly depleted in the postpartum period? So I think one of the most surprising ones for women I find is sodium, um, Mm -hmm. sodium and potassium. They go hand in hand, very closely tied to your adrenal function. Um, and it's often difficult to convince people that they need more sodium because we're so, you know, it's drilled in us. Like everybody eats too much sodium and sodium is so bad, but it's a crucial electrolyte. Magnesium's another one. Magnesium, I often refer to it as the mama mineral because it's A, the one that's more commonly depleted and we need to handle stress. We need it to sleep. We need it for our mood and mental health. Um, Again, like most moms are really, really in need of it. So, um, and it can help them in motherhood. That's where I was going with that. So magnesium is a big one. Um, Copper, I commonly see one of two ways, like I can see copper being very depleted or copper in excess where it's like either one is still an imbalance and can impact your energy. It can really impact your mood and mental health. And that's something that I am so adamant about. It's like, why are minerals not being discussed in the context of um, mental health postpartum particularly? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that those are some of the most common that I see. Obviously it can be across the board, varies by woman, but yeah, some pretty common ones. This might be true of any nutrient, um, but I've specifically heard about magnesium. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it that magnesium, like the more stressed you are, the faster your body uses the magnesium in your body? Is that true? Yes. And that's something that I see on, yes, I'm sorry. You cut out for a second, but I can hear you. That's something that I'll assess a lot on a a hair tissue testing is, is um, what we call the magnesium burn rate. So yes, the more stressed you are, especially when you're in active stress, you will use up magnesium a lot more quickly. Also blood sugar. So magnesium is needed to metabolize blood sugar and for blood sugar handling. So stress and blood sugar imbalance go hand in hand. So that's something else to be considered. Um, so often I'll see like a high magnesium level on a hair test, which means the body's using it up fast. And then later stage of that would be actually depleted magnesium where it hasn't been replenished. The person's been under chronic stress and now they actually have a low magnesium level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What are just some simple nutrition shifts that moms can focus on to help nourish themselves better and improve their energy? One of the simplest things that I tell women is just make eating happen because especially postpartum, you're just so attuned to your baby's needs and that's wonderful and that's natural and instinctive, but I think it naturally moves us away from ourselves as well, especially if, you know, depending on your situation, but we know that our culture specifically doesn't really focus on moms and nourishing moms, right? It's like baby centric. So now all the attention's on baby and no attention's on mom. So Unfortunately, we have to take a lot of that responsibility for ourselves, but there are simple things that you can do to make that happen. You know, making sure you're eating when you wake up, making sure you're eating every few hours through the day, use different, you know, touch points in your day. Like when you put baby 
down for a nap or when you're giving the baby lunch, you have a meal as well. Um, but sometimes it's just that to start that can be so impactful to just get the calories that they need. Um, obviously just prioritizing the types of foods that you're eating and trying to get the more unprocessed whole foods, because that's going to equate to more nutrients as well. So that's another pretty broad strategy. Um, but you know, if you're looking for specific things that are super mineral rich, I often tell women, try to focus on these foods and getting them in during your day, if possible, and if not during your week, right? We know that things like grass-fed organ meats and wild fish and high-quality dairy, fruits, dark leafy greens, um, sea vegetables like seaweeds, these are all so mineral rich bone broth. So sometimes I'll just give women like, here's a list of foods. I'm not saying like it has to be eaten in a specific order or anything, but like, just try to get a few of these in a day to help cover some of your bases. Um, a lot of women also, as long as they you know tolerate them well, smoothies are a great way to just like pack a lot of calories, pack a lot of nutrients in and just like have it done. It's like under five minutes, you can get a good amount of nourishment in there. Um, so yeah, I think all of those, the basis of it really is just making sure you're eating enough and getting the nutrients. And then everything from there is like, what tips and hacks are going to help you to do that? Yeah, I agree. And I think then where it really comes down to it, it, it to make it easier is to prioritize meal prep. And if you need help with that, tell somebody, like ask somebody for help, ask a friend to come over on the weekend or something and help you make a bunch of meals, have like a meal prep party. Or, you know, if you have a, a supportive partner, like tell your partner, Hey, I need your job to be making sure that I have food to eat and that I'm nourishing myself. So please like prep me breakfast the night before, or, you know, whatever. Like if you know that you are having a hard time as mom doing that, ask for help at, you know, delegate, right. Delegate to somebody else to do that. Or, um, I mean, there's so many options now. There's so many like postpartum meal delivery options. There's some really great ones out there. Um, there, there's just all kinds of things, meal prep, food, meal trains, although meal trains are always tough because most people just feed you a lot of <laughs> stuff that aren't ideal. Not that it's bad. I mean, it's not, you know, anything's better than nothing, but you know, yeah. the type of people, the type of thing people usually bring new moms is not always the most nourishing. Yeah. And something that I encourage my like newer mom clients when we're like, especially when I'm talking with a client about preparing for postpartum, it's like, yes, meal trains are wonderful, but also like having a list of specific meals, if there's foods that you don't eat or things that you prefer, if there's like local takeout or restaurants that you know that they serve higher quality stuff, like giving that information to people as well. Or instead of, you know, maybe you don't want others cooking for you, like you said, like delegate other tasks, maybe have someone to help you get your groceries or, you know, outsource some meal prep or outsource, like, you know, order certain foods online that, are higher quality. Like there are, like you said, there's so many different ways to go about this. I think the mindset shift of just like, Hey, this really matters. And my needs really matter and have to be met. That has to be, that has to come first. And the rest it's like, yeah, there has to be some intention maybe, but the rest will come down to it. But you have to believe that like you deserve nourishment. Yes, exactly. Okay. You mentioned the hair tissue mineral analysis. Can you talk about what that is and why it is a valuable test? Yes. So the hair tissue mineral analysis, it's HTMA for short. So that's how I'll refer to it. 
it is just what it sounds like. It's an assessment of your hair, your hair tissue. So your hair is a bodily tissue, right? And your hair is, especially before it grows out of your scalp, it is exposed to the internal environment of your body. So it's a really great, your, your testing your hair is a really great indicator of the metabolic and nutrient activity inside of your body, especially over the last few months. So I love this test for postpartum. I would say for my own postpartum, it was a game changer because it helped me like see on paper exactly what was going on in my body and understanding how, yes, the like mineral levels themselves are really important. You can see like, am I burning through magnesium faster? Am I low in copper? What's going on with my sodium potassium? You can look at heavy metals as well, but all of these different relationships and ratios between minerals coincide with different organ systems in the body and functions in the body. So you can see like, what's going on from an adrenal perspective and a thyroid perspective, um, what's going on with like your metabolism and energy production. And so I think particularly in a season like postpartum where maybe you're not feeling your best, you are under some more stress, it can be really helpful to get that information, to get those answers. Because I know a lot of women, and this was definitely the case myself when I wasn't feeling good postpartum and I brought that up to my doctor, I was not received with a lot of helpful information, right? It was like, eh, your blood work looks fine, or this is normal. You're a mom now. And I just refused to accept that for myself. So getting that information, getting those answers can be so helpful because it gives you a roadmap of like where you need to go to feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit more about like mental health and nervous system health and how nutrition plays a role in that? For sure. For sure. I think that, you know, we, as a whole, maybe are accepting a little bit more that like mind body are not separate, but like the nervous system is a system of your body, just like your digestive system, your endocrine system, your hormone system. So that system requires energy to work. It requires nutrients, all those, you know, the different organs and the communication that goes on in our body is like, they require nutrition and they also require specific environment, right? Like when your body is under stress, things will naturally shift because your body's trying to like adapt. So when it, I look at this from a mineral perspective for sure, but even just like a basic energy perspective, what is happening to your body? What is your body interpreting when you are not eating enough food, when you're undernourished, when your body is depleted, like your body's going to interpret that as stress. And so you can quite literally put your body into survival mode by being undernourished, by not eating enough. Um, when we look at, especially other things that new moms struggle with, like eating often enough throughout the day, how many moms are like waking up and just drinking coffee and then not eating till 3 PM or, you know, they're just grazing all day, eating like kids leftovers and how that impacts your blood sugar. Well, again, if your blood sugar is dysregulated and your blood sugar is having these intense drops throughout the day, that's also going to be triggering your fight or flight response. That's going to be activating your nervous system. And so it's really difficult to talk about like nourishing your nervous system or regulating your nervous system without talking about like nourishing your body and creating that safety through nutrition, through that foundation of nutrition. And so that's something that I definitely focus on as well as like the mineral piece, like I talked about before, depleted electrolytes, copper imbalance, a lot of these different things can impact the nervous system specifically. 
Yeah. What about, um, what about like inflammation, like foods that may cause your body inflammation? Cause this is something that I know a lot of people deal with like food sensitivities and I have a lot of food sensitivities. And then both of my babies had food sensitivities. Can that also impact your nervous system? And then do you have any advice for moms who either have a lot of food sensitivities themselves, or maybe are dealing with babies that are sensitive to certain foods that they're eating? Definitely. Um, for sure on a physical level, food sensitivities can impact your nervous system. I mean, it's a stressor on your body. If a food is causing you an inflammatory response. And I like to look at food sensitivities as more of like immune response, inflammatory response. There are also food intolerances, which are more digestive in nature. Um, but you know, overall the category of sensitivity is going to be causing inflammation and that can impact your hormones. It can impact your nervous system. It causes stress on your body. But the other thing I really think that a lot of people don't talk about is how food sensitivities, especially when you're dealing with like a, a child who has food sensitivities, if you're breastfeeding a baby with food sensitivities, as well as if you have them, like that's causing a lot of emotional stress too. Right. And so that has to be taken into account as well. And, you know, that's where things can extend beyond the nutrition piece and how you're taking care of that and how you're working on your stress load. Um, in terms of advice, I think that working with a professional number one is going to be my best scenario, my best tip, because I know for myself, many of my clients and even friends of mine have just been told by their doctor, like, oh, that's a, your, your baby has a dairy intolerance. You have to cut dairy when it, it actually turned out to be like the baby wasn't latching. The baby had gas. Um, that was definitely true for my son. So lactation professionals, if you're breastfeeding and somebody who has that knowledge about food sensitivities, because food sensitivities are not allergies they can change, right? If you have an allergy to something, it's very likely that that's going to be an allergy. Like if somebody has a peanut allergy, it's very likely that that's going to be a lifelong thing. And it's obviously a lot more intense and can be dangerous and life-threatening, but food sensitivities can change. And there are things that you can do to support your gut and support your immune system and reduce inflammation in your body and even work on your nervous system to help your body be able to tolerate more and increase your tolerance. And so that's something that I like to work on with my clients is working on working towards bringing those foods back in increasing your variety of your diet and expanding things so that you're getting more nutrients you're enjoying you know you're eating foods that you enjoy and you're taking away some of that emotional stress as well right mm -hmm. and then why is understanding your nervous system and metabolism so important for best supporting your healing one of the most common things i see with women is they think like, I don't feel good, whether they don't have enough energy, they have specific symptoms, maybe they are, you know, not feeling comfortable in their body. And their first thing that they go to is like, I'm going to diet, I'm going to eat less, or I'm going to like, go do like a whole 30 or something like that. And they're not necessarily understanding where their body is now. So going back to my example before of like chronically under eating and entering pregnancy depleted, that really has an impact on your metabolism and your metabolism can kind of like turn the dial down and slow down to compensate. So dieting and reducing the energy that you're getting even more is not going to help your metabolism at all. It's going to make things worse. Um, so from that perspective, that's something to absolutely consider understanding, like, is your metabolism operating efficiently? And if not, what can you do to help it get there? It's not going to be dieting. It's not going to be restriction. Um, and then the nervous system piece, the two are very closely connected in terms of like metabolic health and nervous system function. But this is an area that 
I have, you know, looked into a lot personally um, over the last few years and just really understanding like how your body's operating. If you're in more fight or flight versus if you're more like shut down, um, that can very much impact not only what things are going to be effective for you in terms of your nutrition and exercise and other, but also like what's going to feel good to you and what you're actually going to be, what you're actually going to stick with and what's going to be sustainable for you. Because there are certain things that if you're like in fight or flight, that's going to just push you more into that. Or if you're more shut down, that's going to, you know, shut you down more. So understanding where you lie and then helping to kind of like build up your tolerance and and regulate things as you nourish your body is so important. It's just basically working with your body and not against it. Yeah. That's so important. And I actually had this experience, um, when, so before I had kids, I was like very into exercise, like high intensity stuff. I was a runner. I did high intensity interval training. Like if I wasn't dripping sweat, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Like I was someone like that. Right. Um, and after I had my daughter, I was always in fight or flight. I mean, my, I'm sure that my minerals were way off. I never got like a test or anything back then. Um, but I know, I know I had postnatal depletion and I just couldn't do high intensity exercise. It just, it didn't feel good to me. It made me feel more stressed. Um, it just didn't feel good in the moment when I was doing it. And I've done a lot since then to kind of work on my health and work on my mineral levels, um, and balance and stuff like that. And recently I've been able to get back into high intensity interval stuff and it feels good now, but it didn't feel good for like six years or maybe five or six years. Um, so I just think also just having grace for yourself and like the life stage that you're in and like realizing, oh, also I wasn't getting sleep. Right. So there's that too. If you're not getting sleep, you just might not want to do high intensity. Like it might not feel good to you to do high intensity. I like to walk. I like to do like weight training without all the jumping around. Like that's what felt good to me in those moments. And those things still feel good to me, but now I have added some high intensity stuff back in and I've been able to do that, but it took me years to get back to that point. So I just think it's important for moms to be listening to their body, for anybody to be listening to their body, but especially moms, um, and really listening to the signals that your body is giving to you when you're exercising, when you're eating, et cetera, and, and listen to it instead of ignoring those signals. 100%, 100%. I think that the term like listen to your body has become so popular and that's wonderful, but like we're, the, the follow through has to come next. Right. It's like, and, what does it even mean anymore? We just say it. Yeah. What does it mean? Right. And like you said, walking felt good to you. That was very much the case for me. And I like, I remember that happening a lot during pregnancy. Like I just like felt like I wanted to walk more and strength train less. And initially, like I felt bad about it. And so there's that too, like giving mm -hmm. your body what it needs without judgment, because everything in my life before told me like, no, you should be intensely exercising and walking is for beginners. And it's right. lazy to skip a workout and go for a walk. But everyone's systems are different and need different things. And it's totally okay. Respecting the season that you're in. And as you said, respecting that it can and will change over time, especially as you work to like replenish and heal your body, you can get back to doing those things that you really love doing. But in the meantime, you might discover other things that you love doing that you didn't try before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question for you and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, you know, I, I tell moms all the time, if you're feeling exhausted after I'm asking them questions about how your baby is sleeping, how are you sleeping, et cetera, et cetera. Oftentimes what I say is, you know, I would look into your nutrition a little bit because 
it's it's possible that a lot of your exhaustion is coming from your lack of nutrition. And so I would just like to hear from you because people don't believe me when I say that. They're like, obviously it's because my baby's waking every three hours. Okay. And I'm like, not necessarily, um, not necessarily because my second child actually slept way worse than my first child. I got, I was getting less sleep overall with him yet. I didn't feel as exhausted as I felt with my first child because I was totally depleted with my first child. And then I went vegan and it was just not a good, it was mm. not a good situation. And I didn't know that at the time. So I would like to hear from you just how your nutrition really can impact whether you're exhausted or not. Um, and if you've had any like really cool success stories of helping women get over or improve their postnatal exhaustion just through nutrition and nourishing their bodies. Absolutely. I think the most basic thing to just think about is how your body produces energy. Like you need to take in energy to produce energy for your metabolism to literally turn your food into ATP, like going back to like high school or middle school science. Um, and so there's the energy perspective. And then there's also how, what systems in your body regulate that energy and how the stress of under eating is going to exhaust you, right? Not eating enough, not eating frequently enough and how that impacts your adrenals and your blood sugar. And how, you, if you put your body into that survival mode, right? Like if you, the analogy that I use often with women is low power mode. Like if you have an iPhone, you know what low power mode does to your, to your phone, your phone is working to conserve energy. So it's going to be running slower. It's going to close out background apps. Your light's going to dim. It's very similar to what happens in your body when you're low in energy. And so your body's going to put on a pedestal, what is absolutely essential for you to survive, just stay alive and deprioritize everything else. Cause it's like, we don't even have the energy to deal with this. So your brain function is going to slow. Your digestion is going to slow your hormones, right? Your body doesn't want to have a, a cycle and regain fertility if you're undernourished. So think of things <laughs> and that way, that low power mode um, analogy. In terms of like specific scenarios, I think that like, I know my story is definitely very much, um, you know, I, I went from like, I totally crashed postpartum to I have more energy now with a, you know, very active three-year-old than ever before. Um, but I have one client I just finished working with um, and she came to me when she was pregnant with her second and her pregnancies, I think her daughters are 17 months apart. So pretty closely spaced pregnancies, breastfed her first all throughout her second pregnancy and continued to tandem feed and had the most wildly different experiences postpartum. Like she, again, like she's breastfeeding two babies. She's not sleeping, but she has more energy. She returned to exercise and she feels really good. Um, even with two, you know, at this point toddlers. Um, and it's just remarked like how different the experience was, even though when she came to me, she was still operating, you know, under some depletion, we still were able to do so much work throughout that pregnancy and very, very intentionally support her postpartum, right? Like she was able to rest. She focused on specific foods that she didn't in the first pregnancy, the first postpartum. Um, and she just feels like wildly different. And that's been so cool to see because again, postpartum, when you have multiple children, especially it's going to be demanding. It's going to be challenging, but for you to have the energy and the resilience and be able to like show up and be the mom that you want to be and enjoy what you can about all that, you're not going to enjoy all of it, but to be able to enjoy that is the best work that I can do for moms, um, to help them just like be more present with their kids. 
Mm, yeah, I love that. Well, Kim, thank you so much. If for anybody listening who wants to work with you or wants to know more about what offerings you have, can you just share where they can find you and what kind of services you offer? Sure. Um, Root and Branch Nutrition is my Instagram handle, my TikTok handle, which I'm not really there as much, but maybe in the future and website. Um, and offerings, I have a few. I have one-on-one containers. So I work with women either in three-month or six-month packages and potentially beyond if they want. Um, I also have single HTMA reviews. So if clients want to get this test and understand what's going on in their bodies and get some information about what they should do to rebalance, I do that. And I also have a group program, Nourished Postpartum, which I run a few times a year, which includes lots of education tailored to postpartum replenishment and healing from depletion and supporting yourself in this season. And also includes like the community aspects and the HTMA review as well. Awesome. Well, Kim, thank you so much. You've been a wealth of knowledge and I'm sure people listening have benefited so much from your wisdom. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.